Today we are sharing the audio from the Shofar Global Staff Devotion. For those who don't know, we as a Shofar staff get together quarterly, together and to be encouraged. In September, Pastor Heinrich brought a word based on Jeremiah 6 verse 16, finding the ancient paths. He explored the ancient paths of rest, unity and faith. These keys are given to us to minister from a place of faith and not from fear. A word in season, not only for the staff, but for all of those who hope to live as living sacrifices to our Lord and Savior. Enjoy this encouragement with us. What a blessing. I was, I was just thinking, I think the last time we had a staff devotion together in the flesh was in Hermanus. I'm not mistaken. Huh? It's the last time we were together like, like this and uh, so much has happened uh, since then. Is there a bit of an echo on, on the mic? It's just me that's, that's hearing it. I'm hearing myself twice here in my ears. Um, and so much has happened since then. And I think above all, we are all able to testify of God's faithfulness that has brought us up to this, up this moment in time. I had uh, a meeting about two weeks ago with the, the national leaders of the AFM and the uh, AOG, Apostolic Faith Mission and the Assemblies of God, and yeah, just chatting to those brothers, I was just so aware again of God's faithfulness for us as a church family, how He's been looking after us. You know, um, I think some of us might also say, man, I don't really know that many people who passed away because of COVID. Um, some of us might know a few, but just for them in those two church families, between the two of them, they've, they've lost 20 pastors senior pastors who've passed away due to COVID, you know, so we are privileged, we are blessed people in the, how God has kept his hand upon our lives, um, but I do want us also to just continue to think of our brothers and sisters and the rest of the body of Christ, and just because uh, we often don't experience the full brunt of something doesn't mean it doesn't impact those around us. And uh, I think it's the same principle that just because in certain cases we don't experience the blessing, it doesn't mean the blessing isn't out there. So let's pray for the rest of the body of Christ now in our country. But it's a massive privilege to know that God is faithful. Um, he's been faithful financially. He's been providing for us. We've had uh, a wonderful year, even financially. God has been good to us. Even though we've had a few challenges here and there, God has provided. We've been able to really be a blessing to our communities and let's never take that for granted. You know, that's not just due to our, our demographics or due to, you know, whatever in the natural, that's God's faithfulness. Let's never take those things for granted. Even our health, it's, it's God's faithfulness, God's protection. And in the same light, we understand that to Him, much has been given, much will be required. I mean, there's a reason why we are as blessed as we are. Uh, we are blessed to be a blessing. And, and I know that I'm excited for the fact that God has brought us through the season. And we are still hopeful. We are still standing strong. We still have faith for what God has called us to do in this country of ours, in the nations of the world. And uh, I had the privilege together with Nikki to uh, go away for a couple of days. It was such a blessing. We were up in the Bosfeld and we just missed Rainer and Liana. It seems like uh, as we were leaving, they were, they were coming in. But it was such a massive blessing. Uh, the Bosfeld really has a way of just calming one's soul and and just giving you some perspective. It's a different kind of beauty. Just seeing all the animals and just being in nature was a massive blessing to us. But at the, the lodge where we were staying, 
um, there was this underground tunnel. It's about 180 meters along underneath the ground, um, built with concrete. It feels a little bit like, even though I haven't been there, I, sus I suppose that's what it could feel like. Felt like Auschwitz, walking down those. You don't know where you're going as you get into the tunnel. It's, it's tight, it's uh, uh, a mortar, and you walk, you don't know where you're going. And then eventually you get to this door, and this door opens up. Then you walk a couple of meters further, and there's another door, and eventually you get into this little underground space, and it opens up on this, um, uh, this watering hole. And then you just sit there, it's quiet, phones are off, everybody else is quiet. Then you just sit, and you just sit and sit, and, and then eventually a hippo comes and it gets into the water, and then you just look at that and just sit and... Birds come, and it's just amazing. Just amazing. Slows the heart rate down. Everything gets nice and quiet. Uh, and then eventually these elephants come, and they just come to have a ball in this, this watering hole. It's just crazy. And, and I'm sitting here, and they're there where Brother Kevin is. Maybe um, it's just incredible to see those little elephants and the big ones. And the big ones become little elephants again. They start playing and, and uh, hosing each other down and rolling in the mud. It's just crazy. Um, and, and while we were just sitting there, the Lord reminded me of this, uh, this beautiful uh, portion of Scripture that many of you guys will remember from uh, the old F3. Uh, those of you guys who have done F3, back in the day it was still called Ancient Path. Some of you might remember it, from curses to blessing. And this verse was sort of central to that. And, and I want to read this for you and share a little bit around a few of the thoughts that stand out for me as a church family. In the, in the spirit of Zoom, I'm going to try and keep this short. Because apparently, when you do the things over the internet, you've got to try and keep it short. All right? So I'm going to, I'm going to try and keep it short for those of you guys that are streaming in. Okay, so Jeremiah 6, verse 16 to 17. If I were to give a, a title for my chat with you this morning, just want to share. I'm calling it Ancient Paths and Trumpets. Ancient Paths and Trumpets. Jeremiah 6, verse 16 to 17. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it and then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Also I said, watchmen over you saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not listen. And those of you guys that can remember this verse was crucial and central to really our, our legacy seminar, the, the thought that God has always wanted to work through families. Uh, God had always wanted, when we talk about ancient paths, when we talk about um, the old ways, when we talk about God's ways, as, as Jeremiah speaks to a rebellious people here, he speaks to people who were led astray from those paths, they were finding themselves uh, as victims or as prisoners of their rebellion. But God speaks to them and He says, I've got a different way for you. Uh, I've got a different way that I desire you to walk in. I've got a way of life for you. You know, what was fascinating was that, you know, with that, that underground tunnel, uh, it really became a good way for us. It was um, amazing. As you would just walk down that tunnel, you would get to that watering hole and there you would see animals that it would take you hours or days to drive around to find, um, and they would come to that watering hole, and the tunnel took us to the hole. The tunnel took us to the place of rest. 
The tunnel took us to the place where we could enjoy this amazing view and we didn't have to go and drive for hours to find the life we were looking for. The life was literally coming to us. And I thought that was so significant about God's ways. When, when He says here, stand in the ways and see. And it really speaks about a positioning. It speaks about the fact that there is um, a positioning in the spirit that's needed, a positioning in our hearts that, that's needed. Sometimes you have to do something different. It doesn't just say go and stand um, expecting nothing. Stand in the way. Position yourself and see. Look. Look actively. Go and look for that way that I have for you. Break out of the rhythms. Break out of the structure. Break out of the old ways that have led you away from where this verse ends up. You will find rest for your souls. And the way I look at this is that there are ways that lead to rest, isn't it? There are ways, ancient paths that lead to rest for our souls. And soul rest is, um, it's important. Uh, I found that soul rest is often also elusive. It, the opposite of rest would be uh, anxiety, it would be stress, it would be worry, it would be what we would call in, in, in church terms, the flesh, right? Uh, I think many of us know that when we, we know when we act from a place of rest in God, and we know when we act out of a place of the flesh. And when, when we go onto ways that lead us away from that rest, I think we all have experienced the result of that. A lot of activity. So we were also driving around uh, in the Pilansburg Nature Reserve, driving, driving, and you see a little animal here and there, and we saw the, uh, quite a lot of stuff, but there were also days when we were just driving and we didn't see anything. And I'm like, man, I want that good way. God, just show me the way. You know, I don't know how many of you guys have been drove around in the national park for hours. You know, Lord, just show me the way. I don't know whether I can pray for this, but can you provide a lion for me, please? Can you just show me, you know, the way that I, I know they're out there somewhere. I know they're busy feasting somewhere, sleeping somewhere. Just show me that way. And uh, I remember the one day as we were just coming back, we were driving and then just right in the middle of the road walking towards us was this leopard, just this beautiful creature, stopped the car, and uh, got out my phone. And then as I'm about to take a picture of this thing walking towards me, I thought, maybe I must roll up my window. Just, just to be, just to be sure. <laughs> so I put the phone down on the one hand, rolled up the window. So I got this blurry picture of this thing walking past. So I sort of snapped it as it walked past me. But just amazing. And how often it happens to us that we know we're close. We know we, you know you're close to that breakthrough. You know you're close to that sweet spot. You know you're close to being where God wants you to be, but you're just on a different way. And, uh, and I felt that God wants to just encourage us as a church family to really take time out. You know, for us as staff members, for us as pastors, for each one of us to not settle for ways that lead us away from God's rest. Let's not settle for a pace that leads us away from hearing His voice intimately. Let's not settle for a pace that leads us away from times of rest with our families where things are now returning back to sort of a sense of normal and we're filling up the calendars again and there are a lot of things that we can be doing and we should be doing. Let's not settle for ways that lead us into frenetic pace, into just doing things that ultimately leads us away from that place of soul rest a place where your soul is at peace. 
And so what God was really speaking to me about, about ancient paths would be three ancient paths, and there are many more of them, but the first one really is this idea of rest. This idea, I believe that God wants us to, to lead, and God wants us to minister. He wants us to serve from a place of rest, not a place of striving. And I know it sounds, it sounds maybe pie in the sky or simple, but we need to war against the things that come to steal our rest. We need a war against the things that just keep on pushing us, pushing us into busy, 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 busy. Because I don't know about you, but I want to be doing this for a long time still. I want to be serving God for a long time. I want to be faithful to the call that God has given me. I don't want to be burning out. I don't want to have, have collateral damage along the way in terms of my wife, in terms of my kids, in terms of my friendships. I want to be leading in a way that brings honor to the name of God. And what I found when I am at my most vulnerable in terms of doing something stupid <laughs> is when I'm not rested, when I'm not in God's rest. Now, that doesn't always mean eight hours sleep and doesn't always mean all of those things. Sometimes rest means you do what God has called you to do. Amen. We all, we all know how often you can be busy with something. You can be working extremely hard, but you are actually in a place of rest because you're doing what God has called you to do. And then you go on holiday and you're not doing a lot, but you're not in a place of rest because you're not doing what God has called you to do. All right. So I'm not talking necessarily just about the activity and about uh, what your calendar looks like, but we also cannot ignore what the calendar looks like. We also cannot ignore, do I have enough time for myself to listen to myself, to listen to the stuff that's going on inside of my heart, to listen to my kids, to listen to my friends, to listen to my wife? Do I prioritize those times? And ultimately, obviously, do I prioritize listening to the Lord? So that ancient path of, of rest, we can go to, that, to the next slide. Jesus obviously gives us this invitation. Um, just skip this one. I'll, I'll be jumping around, so stay with me. Let's go to the one that says lead and minister from a place of rest. Skip this one. Matthew 9, 26. And the report of this went out into all the... Um, no, okay. Sorry. There's context to that verse. Matthew 9. Let's read that quickly. So Jesus is busy calming the storm. We all know the story, all right? Such a powerful one. Um, let me see. Did I give you the wrong scripture reference? Where is the verse where Jesus calms the storm? Come on, you guys who know your Bibles. Mark, Mark, thank you, Mark, yes, thank you, pastors, Mark, brilliant, <laughs> must be somewhere in there, huh? thank you, Matthew 8, okay, now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest, a great storm arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was 
a great calm. We've got a lot of storms that are coming at our nation, a lot of storms that are coming at um, our marriages, a lot of storms that are coming to the people of God. If we are going to be leading God's people, it is imperative that we minister from a place of calm. It's imperative that we know the one that calms the storms. It's imperative that, that we are intimate with the one that calms the storms. And it is imperative that we find that place that Jesus found where the boat is being rocked and things in the natural are looking haywire, but Jesus is in that sweet spot of his Father's will. I desire that for myself and I desire that for each one of us. We find ourselves in storms. I don't know, you guys have obviously been following the, the news, the, uh, the things that are happening with the farms, the farming community, the violence in our country, all sorts of storms that are coming against us. If we are going to lead wisely, if we are going to lead with, with authority, if we're going to lead with a direction, then it's important that we find that place of calm. Right? And that place of calm, sometimes it comes through you repositioning yourself. Sometimes it comes through you doing something different. And sometimes it comes through you engaging with Jesus and just say, Jesus, there's a storm here that is distracting me. That's a storm here that's wanting to overwhelm me. I need your authority to speak into this. And sometimes you just need to say, enough is enough. As the elders, we were meeting early this morning and some of us, we, we were just sharing quite a few of the guys are all of a sudden, Sickness has just been coming against them. It's a knee here, it's an elbow there, it's a back there, it's a it's directomy there for, for a wife. It's just all of a sudden, just a whole bunch of things happening. And just said, we're going to put a stop to this now. This just isn't normal anymore. There are storms that are taking our attention, storms that are distracting us, and we're going to speak in the name of Jesus, calm to the storm. When we, we are at a place of rest, when we are in a, in a calm place, we are at the place where we can activate our faith. When we are frenetic and we're running around, the first thing that tends to go out the door is our faith. And so I want to encourage us as we entering into this next season, as we're coming out of lockdown, as we're entering into a lot of things that we are having to do again, let's not just do things, but let's do them out of faith. All right, let's not do them out of fear. If we don't do this, the people won't come back to church. If we don't do this, we lose our volunteers. If we don't do this, we lose our venue. If we don't do this, we lose a budget. That's not the place from which to operate. All right, and Lord really challenged me and said, why are you fearful? Are you of little faith? Why are you afraid of the storms? Why are you afraid of these things? Don't lead from a place of fear. Lead from a place of faith. But that place of faith comes out of a place of quieting your soul and connecting with God. And let Him be the one that speaks into your heart and speaks through you. The, the, the beautiful promise that Jesus gives us, if we continue around the ancient path of rest, let's go to that scripture where, where Jesus encourages His disciples to come to Him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right? Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I don't know how many of you guys, maybe in the past, read that and you thought that was just for extremely religious people. You know, the, the religious people are under this yoke, the old traditional folk are under this yoke, and they're heavy laden. But that can happen to all of us, it can happen to any one of us. You know, irrespective of how, how big the load is, I've realized that the load very often is, is relative to your strength. Amen? Whether the load is heavy or light, it's relative to your strength. 
or relative to your capacity. And depending on how strong you are, depending on how you fed yourself, depending on what emotional state and spiritual state and physical state you are in, sometimes it is something very small that becomes extremely heavy for you to carry. And sometimes if, when you are well fed and you are well rest, you can carry a big load and it doesn't become overbearing. So that verse 28, really, each one of us has to make an evaluation. Lord, I'm laboring, but now where I'm laboring, has that burden become heavy? And if it has become heavy, then I need to give that to Jesus. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what? I went through a, a, a few days of repentance. It's not really what you have in mind when you think about rest. You think about, I oh, just amazing, amazing couple of days away with my beautiful wife, you know, just repentance. I didn't really have that in mind. It wasn't sort of when I thought about planning this holiday, yay, I'm going to be spending days just repenting. And now, of course, you know how it works. The Lord uses this, this wonderful woman that He has given me. And of course, the amazing husband that I am, I just start agreeing with her from the word go. You know, she points things out in my life and I just say, baby, you are right. You absolutely, I can hear God is speaking through you. This is such confirmation to me. Why didn't I think of this earlier? You know, thank you, woman, you are sent by God. I just want to embrace you more, feel so close to you right now, so affirmed. You know, that's just the way we roll. I, I know I speak for all of us as husbands. That's just the spirit with which we operate. Yes. Yes. It's just, that's why I left her at home today. Just like... <laughs> And eventually, okay, the conviction hits and, and, and I make a peace with it. And yes, you're right, you're right. Seven days, it's a long time, all right, without the kids. So like I said, we can finish conversations and things. And I'm like, wow, thank you, Jesus, that I have a wife, someone that the Lord has given me that can see things in my life that nobody else can see. Someone that's close enough to me, walks closely enough with me, loves me enough to say some tough stuff to me that I need to hear. And even though at times I feel like you are ruining the holiday. <laughs> you are absolutely 100% ruining. Why did I pay all this money? <laughs> Streams of refreshing flow on the other end of repentance. We sometimes want to get to the streams of refreshing. We don't want to go through repentance. And we sometimes want to go through repentance and we don't want to go through the confrontation. True repentance flows out of a true confrontation with the truth and the state of your own heart. And so it was so refreshing to me eventually <laughs> to just repent of a few things. You know, and amongst others, what I repented of was the fact that I allowed ministry to become a burden. I allowed leading this church family to become a burden. I allowed all of this to be become really something very heavy. And the Lord challenged me on that. And so I spent some time with God, repenting of that, laying burdens and laying things down that the Lord had never called me to carry. And He restored to me the joy of ministry, <laughs> the joy of just being in God's service. 
And that is a privilege. It is such a privilege to be used by God. You know, and so I wanna, I wanna encourage us. I know that God is wanting to raise up even more people that will be excited about working in the church and for the church. There's been a, a season where we've sort of shied away a little bit from that. This is an amazing and incredible church family. Being part of Shofar is amazing, incredible church family. Right? We are not the kingdom of God. We are part of the kingdom of God. There are amazing brothers and sisters all across the globe in other denominations and in other movements. But the fact of the matter is God planted us here. God made us part of this church family. And it is a massive privilege. It is a tremendous honour. It is holy ground to be used by God. And I want to encourage you to recover your sense of just awe and, and the privilege that goes with serving God within this environment and invite people into that space. All right? I want to serve in such a way that people can see and experience also the joy from serving the Lord. It is tough. We lay our lives down. There are sacrifices we are called to make. But heaven knows it is also amazing. <laughs> it is also incredible. There is something about the way that we lead. I believe that God wants to lead us as this generation. And guys, we're standing on the threshold of entering into a phase, as this verse says, about the ancient paths. We are going to be leaving ancient paths for the next generation. Amen. There's going to be a generation after us that will look back and the Lord will show them ancient paths which we have left behind. And I'm trusting that some of the ancient paths that we will leave behind would be the joy of serving God. So it is important that we serve in such a way that our marriages flourish, that our children are happy and blessed, and that we minister from a place of rest and not frustration, not anger at people. And not just busyness. Why am I saying this to you? Because I believe that God doesn't want us just to be here for the next five years, the next 10 years. He wants us to be around for generations. Amen? He wants us to be around for generations. He's got the long term in view. And I'm setting myself up to lead consistently and to lead with integrity and to lead with humility to the best of my ability for the long haul. Right? I'm... Together with Nikki, we're making ourselves available to lead this church family for as long as this church family wants us to lead, right? We'll go through the processes every five years and so and evaluate and see, is this still what God wants us to do? Is this still what the church family needs? But we're making ourselves available to, to lead for as long as God wants us to lead. The only way I'm going to be able to do that is if I lead from a place of rest. And I desire the same for you. I desire you to lead from a place of calm and a place of rest. But that will not fall out of the sky. It means that we have to change certain things. So I'm now speaking to the Lord God. So I've been on the mountaintop or I've been to the watering hole. <laughs> now I'm coming back into a rhythm. How do I lead? How does this impact my life now? And I can tell you immediately I've been challenged on that already. <laughs> How do I lead from that? And I know God doesn't want us just to lead from place of rest once every six months. That rest needs to be a lifestyle. It needs to be a rhythm. It needs to be something that we actively and vigilantly fight for. So my brothers and sisters, fight for your rest. Fight for your rest. 
Fight against those things that come to steal your rest and speak to your wives and speak to your children about how you are doing. Okay? Have the courage, have the bravery to go there. Wives, if you're the one in ministry, speak to your husband. How am I still a nice person to be around? <laughs> Don't ask your congregation members. Ask your family. They will probably just tell you what they think you want to hear. Hopefully there's some real honest guys around you as well. But ask your family, ask your wife. If we lose the battle there, we lose. What does it profit a pastor? He keeps his congregation happy and he makes his wife and his children unhappy and puts them off from the kingdom. In this week, um, I, I want to say my little girl, she's not that little anymore, Annika, she's grade seven. So her mom goes to Parle Falay. She's going to Parle Falay, all right? So, um, and they go to buy the uniform. My budget was completely unprepared, all right, for what <laughs> high school uniform costs. Oh my goodness, <laughs> completely unprepared for that. Um, and then they call me into the room, and then I'm completely unprepared for what stands in front of me. You know, it was the other day I was singing songs to her and, and cuddling her, and there she stands, this young lady in a high school uniform. And they want to take pictures, and I'm just ruined. I just keep the camera away from me. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. You take the uniform off. <laughs> You're not going to high school. <laughs> We're going to be homeschooling you. <laughs> I'm locking away the key, throwing away the key. But it happened. She's 13. One of these days, she'll be out of the home. And I will never get certain moments back again. I need to make them count. And people will come into my congregation, they will leave my congregation. What do I give at home? Why do I give at home? So those were just some of the things that the Lord was, was chatting to me about. And like I say, I had to repent of just allowing certain things to creep into some habits of mine. And I'm looking at changing that. And I want to ask you to do the same. Go there, all right? Ask that question because the, the ancient path of rest for me, can go back to the first slide, ties into the ancient path of unity. Okay, you can go back to probably the third or the fourth slide. So it's the ancient path of unity. And unity, Psalm 133, that's the, that's the verse. I think it might be the shortest chapter in the Bible. Is there a shorter one? Theologians? Is a shorter one? Chapter, I'm talking about 117, okay. But 133 is pretty close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 117 is a shorter one. Thank you, Pastor G. All right. All right, so I'm just, I'm just stopping pretending that I know everything in Scripture. All right, so it's just so liberating. No, I don't. I don't always know where the verses are. But if you've got unity, You've got everything. Then we cover each other's weaknesses, and it is just, just amazing. Okay, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Let's stop pretending. Let's just, let's just take it off. Okay, so Psalm 133, the ancient path of rest, uh, from an ancient path of unity. Um, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's New King James. Now we read this verse, some of us uh, we might start, want to start dancing because there's a nice song that goes with this, an old, nice Pentecostal song. We get out the core dancing and we start dancing. Behold, how good 
and a place you link in with each other and start dancing. Yankor especially wants to do that, uh, that dance. I can, I can volunteering. <laughs> I think you're singing in English, then you're singing in Hebrew. You know, you know what I'm talking about. A tambourine comes out and the flags and... <laughs> We start waving it. We'll get there. We'll get there past the summit. Yeah. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. Where is he? The beard? The beard is a little bit shorter. Yeah, okay. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. Running down on the edge of his garments, it's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Uh, forgive me, Matthew, those of you guys tuning in that don't understand Afrikaans. Afrikaans says it as follows, Hoe goed, hoe mooi is dit as broers eensgesind saamwoon. Dit is soos reekolie wat van die kop af en die baard afloop, die baard van Aaron, af tot by die soom van sy kleren, dit is soos die dou van Hermonberg, wat op die berge by Sion val, waar broers so saamwoon, skenk die Heere sy sien a lang, lang lewe. Right, the Lord gives us his blessing as a gift, as a reward, as a seal for unity. Sometimes we want to manufacture the Lord's blessing in many different ways. And let's get more excellent in this, let's do more of this, let's do more of that. And there's a place for that. But ultimately what determines the Lord's blessing is whether we are walking in unity. So the reality is that there are certain blessings we will just miss out on if we're not walking in unity. And the first place of unity you need to contend for is at home for those of us who are married. Everything will flow from there. Whether, whether my wife is in ministry with me full time or not, uh, that's not the point. But we have to walk in unity. And we need to fight in unity. And you will know what the state of the unity is like between you and your spouse. You will know what the state of the unity is like at the office. You will know whether you are in unity with those around you in your heart and not just outwardly. Uh, each one of us will know that. Each one of us will know that. And I want to encourage you that you go and you do business with the Lord around this. And this is not a, uh, it's not a, it's not a stick the Lord is holding out over us. He's holding a blessing before us. Say, <laughs> so I want to command a blessing over you. I want to bless you. I want to bless you in such a way that it's in abundance and it's flowing down from the head onto the beard. I mean, it's quite a picture. That's a lot of oil. Eh? It's in the guy's hair. I don't think they were bald. Oli, a lot of oil has to go into the hair, then it gets stuck in the beard, there's a lot of beard there, and then nothing needs to run down there into the beard, and then it goes all the way. Yo, that's a lot of oil. <laughs> abundance. Abundance. The world needs the abundance of blessing that the Lord has chosen to invest in His church. The Lord has chosen to invest His blessing in the church. Our communities, our country needs the blessing of unity more than ever before. More than ever before. 
And we were praying on Monday evening for the farming community. And just, we were a group of 20. There were five farms represented there with hundreds of people working on those farms. <laughs> yeah, and we know the challenges. It's time for the church to stand up in unity, to be a blessing to our communities in all sorts of different ways. But it's just going to be works. It's just going to be another program. It's just going to be another NGO. It's just going to be another event. I must admit, I'm a little bit fatigued with the amount of, uh, uh, I'm saying this respectfully, all right? So maybe I shouldn't. But sometimes it's a lot of stuff that is just happening. We do another prayer this, we do another this, we do another this, we do another this, unless we come into unity. And that starts with, what do I have control over? My wife and I, that's what I'm fighting for. And then my circle around me. Kids, elders, the guys around me, colleagues, all of us. All right, so let's stay on the ancient path of unity. And I know God wants to bless. And then the last one, I think I've already broken my promise by being short. Um, Let's lead and minister from a place of, of faith, all right, as I've I touched on already. But faith from the Word of God. So the other thing I was repenting of at one stage, I know very few of you guys struggle with this, but I, I, I sometimes think, man, I need a story. I need a story in order. I need to make this relevant. And I have a lot of stories, I'm, you know, so... Um, I need to bring more of myself into the, into the word. I, you know, I need to be more vulnerable. I need to bring more. And, and I thank God for the way that he, he has always used that. But I realized just preparing the word has sometimes become a bit of a burden. I, I need to get something better than last week. I need to get something better than what's going around me on the internet now. I need to get something, something better. And it's very subconscious. So it's not like it's in the front of my, my mind all the time. But when I slowed down, and I was just sitting there by that watering hole and I just hear the sunbirds, whatever else around me, or sometimes there's just nothing. Then I'm hearing some whispers inside of my heart. Are you still excited about preaching the word? And I realized that I've actually added quite a bit to this. The weight of, the, of, of whether I feel I'm successful in ministering the word has begun to just shift a little bit more towards me. And so I believe that one of the ancient paths of leading from a place of rest and leading sustainably and leading consistently over the long haul is to put our faith when we minister in the Word of God as the ultimate source of faith, as the ultimate source of that which will change people's lives. And that goes for you that don't minister from the pulpit. You know, how are you going to bring faith and the Word of God into what you are doing? Are you working from a basis of faith? Because even that Excel sheet, somewhere down the line, has to facilitate something where people can be in a place of faith. That Excel sheet can be inspiration to somebody reading it on the other side to see something that God wants them to see. It's not just a sheet you're sending out. It's not just the product that you are buying. There's something behind that that enables us to connect with God. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we want our, we want our nation to call upon the name of the Lord. But how then shall they call on Him, on him in whom they have not believed? 
How shall I call? How shall, how shall I cry out to God? As I was driving from summer to the west, just praying for the communities next to the end too. Seeing the ladies jogging, seeing the guys walking to work. Father, just save them. Use them for your righteousness, for your kingdom. But there's a call that needs to go out. But they will not be able to believe in him on whom they have not heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? I want to ask us to be very aware of the spirit of intimidation that's going to come against the ministry of the word from the pulpit. Let's not accept that. There's a place within the broader scheme of God's counsel that God has ordained for the preaching of the word. And the preaching of the word we know is more than just a pulpit. All right, it's as we live, it's as we minister to people one-on-one, but there is a place where we have to minister and we have to preach God's word. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? I'm just boldly determined, I'm going to call out people to step up as laborers into the full-time ministry in the spirit. Just call them out. When I minister to people, I know there are people there that God is called to go and plant churches. There are people there that God is called to be marketplace ministers and to be home executives and all of those things. But in faith, we need to call out the church planters. We are going into a season where the Lord is going to bless us with new territory where we're going to plant churches. We need to call out the laborers unashamedly. All right? I'm doing it. And I want to ask you to join me in doing that, not from a place of putting pressure on people, but a place of um, awareness of the awe and the beauty of the call that God has given us. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. All right? So I'm in the presence of people with beautiful feet. You've got beautiful feet, saints. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And all of that, the calling of people into their destiny, the faith that needs to be released in them, is only going to come not through our amazing stories, not through our wonderful series, not through our amazing multimedia. It's going to come through the hearing of the Word of God. Let's preach the Word. Let's put our faith and our confidence in the Word of God. All right, if you've got no story to tell, you can still preach the Word with confidence. You take a chapter, you preach through it verse by verse. Amen? You go for it. You tell your stories with faith, but you put your trust and your confidence in God's Word. It is the Word of God that releases faith into God's people. It's God's Word. All right, so let us lead from a place of rest. Let us lead from a place of unity. Let us lead from a place of putting our faith and our confidence for what God has in store for us, not in our collective ability to be amazing and to be awesome. I don't think any of us are under those illusions anymore. Let's put our faith in God's Word. But let's be bold in the fact, as Jeremiah 6 says, that the Lord has put watchmen on the walls of this nation. Right? The Lord has put watchmen on the walls of this nation and He has called us a shofar. That's that sound of the trumpet. There's a sound that God has destined to be released through us. Right? And that sound, it's a beautiful sound, the sound of the trumpet calling God's people as laborers into the harvest field. It is a beautiful sound. But we've got to make a peace with it and say, Father, I don't want to, I can't whistle. Right? The other day it was a, just a group of people, I was wanting to just get the attention and the whistle sort of dropped on the ground. And there was a guy who could whistle, you know, and he, and he let it go, it got people's attention. There's a sound that needs to grab hold of the attention of the people around us, of our nation. 
And I believe through our unity, through our faith, and through our peace, we can have a sound that will outlast our own lifetime. Okay, outlast our own lifetime. So I want us to just take a moment, those of you guys that are listening and, and streaming in, and I want you just to reflect, you can close your eyes, just reflect on the place, on the paths from which you are leading this, this morning, in this present season of your life. And you know the condition of your, of your, of your own heart, you know the condition of your, your staff, you know the condition of your preaching, you know the condition of your serving, you know the paths that you have been on, you know whether that has become routine, you know whether you are still excited over that path or maybe the path is stormy. Uh, you know the condition of the path. All I could do this morning was share my own heart and what the Lord has shared with me. Now I want to invite each and every one of us. I want to invite you onto the ancient paths. I want to invite you onto the ancient paths of God's word, of unity, and of peace. And, and, and if there's a path that you need to step off of, say, so God, I, I don't want to be, I, I, I see if, if I continue to do this, maybe this is a good way for you just to ask yourself. If I continue to do this, if I continue to be on this path five years from now, 15 years from now, will I be happy with the fruit? Will I be happy with the fruit? And if there's something in you that says, I'm not sure, just invite the Holy Spirit in. Lord, show me your path for me. Show me your path, not, not the path that Heinrich wants me to walk on, not the path that my office manager or whatever. Show me the path you want me to walk on. Thank you for joining us today. This has been Transforming Conversations with Heinrich Titus, a podcast for every generation. We love to connect with our listeners, so please engage with our social media platforms.